0: here, walks across the dead ball line, now sprints back for Manly, up he goes, changes direction, this is Rugby League folks, have a look at it, links up with Cherry Evans, it's still on for Manly, away from Hess, kicks in field, look who's there, Tom Tra- there. Good My goodness! Hello and welcome to SC Playbook podcast. Proudly brought to you by Pat and George from Mortgage Choice SCW. I'm your host, Tim Williams. We're back to recap. Recap the round 10 magic round action. Tons of rain predicted there. It came. We still saw a lot of points uh, in the actual NRL. Didn't quite equate to Supercoach scoring. One of the lowest scores we've seen in a while. We'll be looking ahead to NRL Supercoach. Round 11 this week, closing in on the buy period. Here to do that with us is the, as always, high-flying SC Spy. Spy, how are you, mate? Mate, not flying quite as high. I've had
1: probably my worst fortnight in a couple of a couple of years, to be honest. But uh, in saying that, I'm hanging in. I've dropped from a thousandth down to three and a half K. So, look, it's hardly disastrous, but just been a little bit disappointing uh, over the last fortnight. But in, what I have done is set my team up really well over that period It's a couple of moves uh, I probably would have liked to make and I've just held off. But from now on, mate, that's all out of tack for the rest of the season. I'm going to try, not ignore prices, because you can't ignore them totally. But if I want to play, I'm going to get them in uh, and go a bit harder from here on out. So hopefully I'll be back up that the leaderboard, and with the boys coming up, that's a good chance to get around things as well. Um, and there was a positive on the weekend. I didn't get turbo. I held off on Garrick just given the weather, and that worked out well. So
0: I think things will be set up moving forward. But, yeah, tough fortnight, mate. Uh, hopefully you two have been doing a little bit better. Yeah, nice, boy. I'm a bit with you, mate. It's sort of getting towards the period of go hard or go home uh, without being too too chaotic about it. Also joining me this week, it is the return of the king, the twenty nineteen NRL Supercoach runner-up, Wilson Carlos. Uh, Wilson was absolute bedlam among the fans. I gave the Spy two weeks off, and <laughs> there was a bit of turmoil, a bit of backlash at the podcast. No Spy, mate. The stuff coming through when you had a month off. Dead sad. Nearly had to, nearly had to shut up shop. Uh, Wilson Carlos, how are you, mate?
2: Oh, that's a fair G up, Timmy. Yeah. <laughs> um- <laughs> No, yeah, back for a bit of a cameo. So, no, pretty keen for tonight's party. I Just look looking at the uh, team list, no, it's an exciting time, you know, with uh, all those, I think you were saying the development players become available, so a few of them have been named and, um, yeah, I'm, I'm sitting okay, actually. Like, I butchered the last two weeks in, in terms of my start and sits. We might talk about that a bit later, but I'm sitting in one thousand two hundred eleventh spot um, and sort of hovered around there for probably the last month and... And yeah, a bit like Spy, I'm really happy with the makeup of my side, going to make a few key trades uh, this week and leading into the round 13 buy, and I'm starting to look at my team moving forward across the origin period into round 18, so doing some real forward planning.
0: Very well placed there, whilst just outside the top 1,000, Spy. Question for you, whilst mate, we've been
1: talking on our chat lately, and you've been very negative of late, mate. And I think you're you're almost making these start things happen and go pull for yourself. So I think a few positive vibes, mate, and you'll be you'll be back flying. Just got to get back on the confidence horse, mate.
2: Yeah, I can get into that negative state of mind. Why? <laughs> as you know, and um, yeah, like you tend to be see see the. Glass half full. Sometimes I can see glass half empty just with Supercoach, I'm not really generally like that in life. So, um, yeah, I think I'd like to take your advice there, but I'm, I can certainly see that I'm close enough if good enough. You know what I mean? I've been in this similar position before. Um, I don't uh, like the uh, touch wood, but I just don't think trades. Are going to bite me at the back end. I'm hoping that's not the case. But oh, you know, of course, you'd want more trades and trade boosts than, you know, than to not have them. But I think I've got in the position that I am by using those, so I'm not unhappy with where
0: I am. Mm, I think that's why you two uh, you blend well quite quite well. Very contrasting your cage opinions. The spy is. One of the most glass half full, optimistic pl- players in the Super community, uh, whereas Wals just a realist needs to need, needs to call the truth a truth at times, <laughs> and and I like to be the bloke in between that and play around with it. Uh, the Kuma stallions a tick over two thousand uh, last week, tick over two thousand would have been real nice. thousand and twenty eight points, a few slight green arrows up to eight overall. On today's show, the major Supercoach team news. And there's a fair bit to talk about in that, actually. There are some big things coming out of today's team news. Uh, we're going to take a bit of a dive, our topic for the week, into trade numbers. So looking at how many trades you've got left, boosts, when we uh, anticipate to use our final boost, um, how many you plan on using over the origin period, and how many we intend to have coming out of the, in, the origin period for the run home. Hot topics, as we do each and every week, round 11 trades and skippers, and then dive into a few listener questions. Uh, Spy, what are your thoughts, mate? Are you fired up or what?
1: Mate, I forgot to mention, I also busted my ribs playing footy on the weekend with a late shot, so
0: surely it's all uphill from here. I'll give you the tip. (laughs) Oh, it hurts. Don't do your ribs, people. Spy, I've seen 15-kilometer-an-hour winds pick up and knock you over and break your ribs, so I don't know how how that come about. Did you get whacked or what happened?
1: Late shot, mate. You know, wind or or defenders can't touch me if I throw a dummy, so it was late (laughs) and it was hard. I'd relaxed and it got me, so, yeah, I'll get him back next time. Don't you worry.
0: How many weeks is he facing at the judiciary?
1: Well, it was so buddy late, the ref missed it, it wasn't even a penalty. <laughs> so I think we'd nearly scored a try by the time he picked me up and dropped me.
0: But anyway, uh, moving on, moving on. Uh, If you're interested in listening to myself on the Bloke in a Bar podcast, talking a bit of footy, probably aren't. You're probably over me. I'm doing too many podcasts these days. I'm over listening to myself. Uh, That is live on YouTube and via all podcasting channels. Also, the Beers and Break Evens podcast with the Guru now in a new time slot of Wednesday morning. So that potty will be coming out uh, Wednesday morning, Wednesday lunchtime sort of thing there. Uh, guys, we're looking for one more sponsor for the show. We could spam you with all sorts of different ads week in, week out, but we really don't want to do that. We've got Pat and George on board as a major sponsor, so we're cautious not to overdo it. But if you are a business or a business you know uh, will be interested in getting in touch with us and jumping into one of the, into that final slot, email us at at gmail.com. Uh, if you did want to support the site as an individual, we also have a subscription package available Uh, The spy's actually been getting a little disgruntled about his current contract situation, reckons he deserves a bump up. He's threatened to initiate a get-out clause (laughs) in his contract for 2023 if we don't come to the party. So I'm a little bit nervous on that one. Guys, the subscription package is $30 for the NRL season, $40 for our full package, which covers NRL, AFL and BBL. Stacks of articles every single round, uh, additional ones, including my big team's analysis article that I do every Tuesday afternoon. This week, it's a subscriber only uh, along with one or two others, so jump in and do that. Access to our subscriber only WhatsApp group. Myself and the contributors jump into that each and every week and give feedback. I do it every Thursday afternoon. Eligibility to win our major unlimited group prize. uh, Credentials. Top three overall ranked super coaches last year were subscribers. And our in-house league of contributors finished first out of over seventeen thousand leagues. So hopefully we have got a few runs on the board. Uh spy, mate, you look a little anxious over there. You alright or what?
1: No, not at all. I just wanted to go on the record and say that I'm here to do my best week in, week out. <laughs> and anything anything that comes to you is all through my management. They'll report back <laughs> to me afterwards. So we're all good for now, mate. I'm here to here to rip in.
0: So sure you mate, you've got me worried. Whilst
2: Oh, Timmy, just when you get these players, you pick them up at a low price and then they start to do well and you know, <laughs> finish, finish 91st last year and, you know, salary cap pressures are coming in for SC Playbook, mate.
0: Mate, <laughs> we, yeah, we've got this great development base. It is absolutely being, being picked apart at the seams. <laughs> Clubs like the Roosters are coming after us, these bigger news court podcasts taking my talent that I've worked to develop over all these years, Spire.
1: Yeah, just just bit hope I don't make origin.
0: I'll give you the tip. <laughs> Pretty safe on that one, mate. Fellas, let's get stuck into this week's podcast, starting with the major team news. Probably not a super coach relevant one at this stage, whilst but Anthony Milford named to play his first game of the year for the Newcastle Knights. Uh, it's an exciting one, isn't it? Especially, especially for a Knights side that have promised but aren't quite putting it together at the moment.
2: Yeah, 100%, Timmy. Uh, yeah. I put him in my article, just sort of started to bang out my article for this week, the final word for those people that uh, do read it. Um, and I had two on my watch list. One was Tohu and one was Milford. So I think they both could be very relevant. I think Tohu's more likely to be relevant, um, particularly coming into round 13. But certainly Milford and just the way he might unlock Ponga uh, could be interesting. So it might not necessarily be Milford that actually you pick up, but it could make Ponga relevant again in Supercoach. Jeez,
0: i tell you what, if, if Milf can come back, go to any shred of his best footy at the night, the thought of him and Ponga je- gelling together there, off the back of what's a pretty ruthless forward pack at the nights when they get on song and when they're all available is pretty exciting. Spy, Kelma to a lungy benched for the Tigers. He's made about 100K for us. The definition of a slow burn cash cow. Luke Garner's gone back to the back row uh, along with Luciano Leilua. Kelmar, I think break even about 35, so he's not an urgent sell, but, mate, he'd have to be on the chopping block uh, now off the bench.
1: Oh, 100%. He's done his job. Uh, underwhelmed a little bit. Only the way they've been using him this year. We've spoken to Walsh about it a little bit. Doesn't see much footy because he's a very strong carrier of the ball. He offloads more often than not, but just not getting much footy. Uh, so it makes it an easy decision just to, just to send him on either this week or next. Now he's on the bench. And just quietly on Milford... Um, You'll be able to tell within about four seconds how he's been training because he walks on the field and you just tell straight away how he looks, that body definition and tone, Mm. how he's moving around. But as you said, KP is the exciting one there. Um, He was getting into his spots a little bit more last weekend and goal kicking. So, yes, certainly one to watch there.
0: Hey, Tamari Martin uh, had a hip flexor injury on the weekend, has been named for the Broncos, which is very encouraging. Two absolute stinkers the last two weeks, super coach wise So uh, whether or not you're trying to irk out a bit more money for him or not, we'll wait and see. He'd still be in major doubt for this week. But, uh, you know, at his price, maybe he's just a cheeky little hold for round 17 if he can hold his spot. At the Eels, Ryan Madison named to start at lock. Huge, huge super coach news. Uh, we'll get to him a little bit later in the hot topics, but Nathan Brown's been benched in favour of Madison. Parav named a four-forward bench. Another thing to consider, including Murad and who comes back from injury there. Tommy Turbo named, despite looking uh, a little bit sore and sorry last weekend for his 23 points. Benny Truboevich out, Josh Schuster named on the bench. Uh, Whilst I don't know if you jumped on Burbo, you you might have dodged him with me at this point. Um, Are you an owner? And if you were, what would you be doing? You sort of just hold and hope that he's uh, good for round 13, hey? Yeah, I
2: don't think he looked too bad, actually, Timmy. I I was sort of halfway through the game before he got injured and I was thinking, oh, I've made a mistake by not (coughs) grabbing him because he's B.E., you know, like he's going to make a lot of money if he can get on the field. But probably dodged a bullet to a certain extent two weeks in a row because I didn't get Tass. Um, I was probably more confident about that one. With the Burbo one, you know, I was sort of like touch and go but I sort of went all in because I there was, you know, Desi was on the turbo train and I couldn't buy into that at all and there was a couple (laughs) of big-name people on that, I know, in Supercoach and, um, geez, I think that's really backfired now. Like what do you do? Do you, you know, do you keep Turbo on your team or do you get him out? But um, just one thing, boys, we'll probably chat about that later but Ryan Madison, I've been talking to you boys a little bit on the chat about it, like... I really think the game has evolved now where the spine is not just like 1679. I think that ball playing 13 in the good teams is just so vital. You know, you got Murray, you got Radley, you got Isaiah Yo. Um, Ryan Madison is the next great ball playing 13. And I'm when I say great, I don't say that lightly. Like he is, to me, I'd pay 650 750 a year. For a player like him, if I was the Dolphins, he'd be the first player on my list to buy, you know, behind the obvious ones like Munster and things like that. But Munster's not off contract, as we know. So um, he's a special player. He's got all the talent in the world, can pass, kick, very tough in contact, and he's just strong, you know. So So what are your thoughts on it, Spike?
1: Well, so I just wanted to mention, you talk about ball playing there. Ryan Madison starred for in the City vs. Country match, one of the last iterations of it, and he was playing 5'8". I'm almost certain he was. Uh, he was a bit smaller back then, but uh, obviously shows what he can do with the ball in hand.
0: Mm. Well, he I mean, he played a heap of 5'8", or not a heap, but enough 5'8 in his days back at the Roosters as well. Uh, and he's, I saw a picture of him the other day. He is looking enormous, uh, but still as agile as ever. And... Uh, it's very, well, you may as well touch on it now. Uh, is it coming into your your team this weekend, Walsh? I'll, I'll check it here, but I think his break-even about 13 or 14 or something because prior, prior to him getting named to start, he was one of the most traded in players, but I was happy to avoid because I don't think he played over something like 53 minutes since round three. I had a bit of a dive into it. Had a few attacking stats with his name, a few tries, coming off the bench in that time. But now that he's been named to start, mate, oh, geez, he's hard to avoid, eh?
2: Yeah, it's interesting, the start. I don't I don't know how that affects his minutes. Um, you know, Parramatta, a side that's always carried the four, four, uh, four forwards on the bench, or generally have, you know, for a period they they had Jake Arthur and that. But, I mean, they generally carry a fourth forward that, really doesn't play unless they're chasing the game, mm. and that's Bryce Cartwright. But now Nia Cora's come back on, and he's probably more likely to play decent minutes. But I just think I'm, I'm bringing in Madison because last week I brought I only made one trade, and I brought in McInnes, and it was a toss-up between McInnes and Madison. And I went with McInnes because he was about 100 or 150 grand cheaper at the time, and I thought he could do a similar job. But the upside for Madison, and oh, you know, I just mm. – I. I'm all over that trade. I'm going to bring him in and I'm going to back him and keep him for the rest of the year and hope he doesn't get injured. But I think he can bang out a 60 base and with upside.
0: Yeah, I started the year with him. I was so, so happy to have my team as a pod. I could, he was something got like 7 or 8% ownership to start the year. And then I, he might've twinged his hammy or something. Spy, where do you sit on him? And with that 4-4 bench, like as well said, it's not just a 4-4 bench. It's a quality 4 forward bench where you think that most of them get minutes somewhere. Um. Uh, will he be coming into your team? Does the, I mean, he's got to be every chance to play Origin as well. Where do you sit on him? It's possibly comes into my side for
1: someone like Penicini, Um Can flip maybe Burbo into the centres on the bench there. But I think most likely what I'll do, we just spoke about money and I think I've got maybe enough money or thereabouts for the season that I can afford to have a look at what happens this week with that 4-4 bench. The other thing is if he plays around 60 minutes or 55 minutes like he has been, I'd probably prefer him coming off the bench because he he gets on and goes mad, he runs, the ball's already in play a lot, there's tied forwards and all the rest, maybe it's not as good him starting. But in saying that, mate, if he plays 80 going to be monstrous so if he plays his 80 I'll happily cop that extra you know 30-40k and then next week lock him in uh, confidently but this week I'm undecided but I'll probably hold off whilst well,
2: yeah I, I think it is a consideration because he's been playing that role where he comes on after maybe like 20-25 minutes and then he plays out the game or he might get he might get taken off like really late in the game that might be where he loses that 5 or 10 minutes but um, yeah I, I think Madison and Tohu Harris are two players I could, I think I could safely bring into my side um, over the next month. Just getting the timing right and when you do it. I, I feel like last week was the right timing for Madison, but I'm not, I'm not perturbed by that. I'm going to go him this week. And then just having a look at what Tohu does and just how his minutes, I mean, 37 um, super coach points in 30 minutes. Um, that's just classic tohu I think he comes back into a struggling warriors side gets back to 80 minutes and and just starts pumping out 75s 80s uh, for the rest of the year so uh, they're two players I really want to get into my side to it, it, at the moment I'm a bit I'm a, probably a bit like the spy I need to move because of the because of the cheapies that have come up in center wing I've moved. Isaac Targo and Aiken up to second row, and I need to get them back down into the centre wing because I think that's where their best value. And Talakai will also become a centre wing option when, um, is it next week, Timmy? The, the next shows, week, yeah. Uh, yeah, the positional changes come in. So I want to get those guys back into centre wing and I want to start bringing in some marquee um, two RFs.
0: Whilst Tohu was the next man on that list, and you've already touched on him, but... 600K, 99 break even, first game back from injury, limited minutes, but uh was all work rate. Mate, he's been named on the edge. Uh, Jack Murchie, who's a more renowned edge player, I suppose, what do you see to his role being? Because we see him switching the edge in the middle for a couple of years now with the Warriors, getting on a bit, coming back from ACL injury, You'd think he, I mean, it makes sense he probably plays lock for you and plays as a middle, but at the same time, your edge defence has been so poor, maybe they're trying to shore up the edges a bit. Uh, how do you see it and how do you see it? How do you see him coming into your team, I suppose, pre-13? Yeah,
2: I think I need to watch a bit closer. Like, I did watch that game, obviously, being the Warriors, but I was just like the first half, it was just like my head was spinning, you know, because they were getting pumped and I didn't actually pay close attention to what role he played because I was just sort of... Um, you know, picking my heart up off the floor as it, broken, <laughs> as it was broken into a million pieces. But they came back well, the Warriors. But I think um, I think I just need to really see what, yeah, what role he's going to play. But I'm pretty confident that the quality of that side, he's going to be, you know, he's going to be playing 80 minutes and uh, I think he's better, or, you know, even if he's playing in the middle and he plays 60 minutes, I think he can still pump out 70, 75. So, um, I think he is a middle now. I think they you know, consider him a middle, but I know Nathan Brown's pretty happy with Jazz Tabunga and the way he's progressed this year. So they've got a few options there. And, you know, obviously you obviously you've got Curran to come back as well. So there's a lot of moving parts at the Warriors. Um, I look at that team list. There's no way that holds up. There's a lot of changes going to be made to that team. Jesse Arthurs will come in for young Vilea. But I actually think he might be a trade even though a lot of people are keeping him because he, he just scores really low and um, a lot of people are keeping him for around 13, but you might be keeping him to score, you know, 20 points.
0: A lot of confidence there, Walsh. Is another one of your suspected changes, uh, Dejan Arcee, because he's been named in the halves, gone okay, but Chanel Harris-Tavita named on the extended bench to come back from a ruptured nut. Um Well, I mean, because um, where are we? I've got a few numbers here somewhere on him. Um, Deion Arcee, negative negative 19, break even, dual 5-8 CT dub. Do you see Arcee holding his spot or not?
2: Yeah, I don't think so. I think um, he was brought in a crisis and he's done a pretty good job. Mm. And defensively, I don't think he's too bad. But I think it's probably, you know, Nathan Brown's put a lot of depth in those halves positions. Mm. Um, and I think he's sort of trying to put the heat on Sean Johnson. You know, Sean Johnson could come under fire in the next couple of weeks if he doesn't pull his finger out, and I think he will pull his finger out. That's what I'm hoping. Um, So, yeah, like he's got Arcee there. I think he drops him back. I think he brings in CHT um, or possibly the young kid from the Roosters, Volkman, you know, and um, and, and I think, you know, Arcee might be – um, he might be that depth there, but there is some talk around that he could play center spot.
1: Yeah. I see from what I've seen, which isn't a lot, he looks a pretty good player. Um, Just funny. You mentioned Sean Johnson there. I was listening a little bit off tangent here, but I was on the radio having a listen before. And they mentioned Nathan Blacklock, my favorite ever rugby league player. Just a little Tuesday night fact for you. And it made me think of Sean Johnson. Cause he'd be my other favorite in, at his absolute best, but it's, Mate, he's at the top stage of his career now where there's he could go out the back door and that's no fault of his own. It's a lot of injuries. He's slowed up. It, it'll be quite difficult to him to play some quality NRL for the rest of his career. Um, so it'd just be interesting to watch that. I just want to mention that.
0: Uh, Wishart named to start at fullback again for the Storm, Whether that holds up for the weekend. Where only time will tell. Jerome Hughes returns in the half. Brandon Smith named to start at prop. Spy a big one at the Roosters. Victor Radley news out today that he's expected to miss six to eight weeks, which brings in one of your boys into serious contention, uh, and that is Nat Butcher, who's been named to start at lock. Uh, after peaking in price following a few starts, he's dropped back to three hundred seventy k break even twenty two. We've spoken in depth in recent weeks about how none of us are overly keen on Roosters players due to their how savage their draw is over the next six to seven weeks. Uh, but, mate, Nat Butcher, he's got to come onto the radar as a round 13 option. And the fact that he's a forward, even if they do lose games or, or whatever, he'll get through his work, eh? Hey? Pretty
1: safe selection in terms of point accumulation, which is good. Uh, look, I'd actually prefer that he just earned that starting edge roll because then it's foreseeable that he could actually keep it for the season. My issue with bringing him here now would be... Trades, I can. I've mentioned it the other week, might have been last week, but trades will run low at some point in the year if you buy planning properly. Uh, and what I'm doing in this case, if you grab Butcher, you bring him in for Radley, he could then go back to the bench in six to eight weeks, then you have to trade him again. So it's two trades for Butcher. In my opinion, that's one too many. I'd much prefer that he earned that starting role without an injury. So I'm probably going to avoid in that case. If you've got some trades up your sleeve, it's a nice. A, he'll make money, and B, he'll get your solid points over the buy period. So there's real there's real pros there, but just be aware you're probably going to be trading him out down the line.
0: Break even of 22. So maybe we can have a look at him this week, see how many minutes he plays in the middle for Roosters there, and then reassess. Uh, and of course, they've got the game is Penneth this week anyway. So just one to be tough on, Spy.
1: And I'll, I'll just mention is. What you could do, and I'm just thinking of throw on the run a little bit, but you could bring him in next week, for example, run him through that buy, then sell him to someone in round 17 for the second buy who might be a keeper. So that's an option as well, and maybe that is doable.
0: Uh, whilst Trent Peoples, you spoke off air about being pretty keen on him, the St. Gregory's Campbelltown product, named starting the back row for the Rabbitohs. Uh, obviously got a little bit of a back row crisis there with Cam Murray injured, Jacob Host now injured. Um, Peoples awesome on debut a couple of weeks back. Uh, Bunnies don't play around 13, but there's no way you go early on him, but he could be a massive buy for next week even without that early buy coverage.
2: Yeah, he could be. I mean, like, he probably make a lot of money if he can have a sustained run there. I was impressed with him on his debut. I mean, he made a line break, just got chopped down, um, you know, from scoring a try. But I just thought his work rate was huge. He looks like a super coach player all around. I think he's 175K or something. So definitely one to keep an eye on. Probably don't bring him in this week. Just, you know, see how it plays out. But um, oh, I think Souths are realising too, like, I don't think there's a player that I watch more in NRL than Jai Arrow, and he is just a quality player. Everything he does is quality, but it just doesn't—it just doesn't translate to Super Coach points. Um, but I think I think you know, uh, Demetrio is realizing that Arrow is a middle. Yeah, you know, he's not an edge
0: player. You know, he's yeah. absolutely middle, and uh, because of the injury to Host, he played eighty on the weekend in the middle. So oh, he might so he might have shifted to an edge with that, but. Played 80 minutes, base was back up, Workout was up. So while I do think with Origin looming, he's a sell before 13, he now is not an urgent sell. And I'm actually quite happy to play him while Ken Murray's out and he's staying in that middle role there. Um, At the Sharks, Lachlan Miller named fullback. Will Kennedy's back next week. So uh, one to watch, but one to not get too excited about at this stage. Supercoach-wise, Nico Hines back to the halves, thank God. Wade Graham starts for the first time this season with Teague Wilton back on the bench. Matty Frawley starting for the Canberra Raiders with Jackie and back in the side. Brad Schneider dropped. Uh, and boy, Zach Wolford, the son of Simon Wolford, named to start at hooker again for the Raiders. Do not go early on Zach Wolford because he looked terrific. Uh, but he could easily play 20 to 25 minute role there with Tommy Starling uh, and be an absolute trap there. He had a lot of attacking stats on the weekend. Could be a great buy next weekend and some round 13 buy coverage, but uh, there are red flags there. Do not go early on Zachy Wolford. Guys, topic this week, trade chat. We're going to go through a few different things around where, basically where our situation's at and what our plans are um, over the next, I suppose, eight to 10 weeks, and then how many trades we want to have for the run home. Spy, I'll start with you as one of the great planner or of all time. A few questions for you, mate. Uh, You know, How many trades do you have left? how many boosts do you have left uh, and what are your tactics on these going forward
1: well you're going to love this because a week ago I probably probably could have given you an exact number I had by the end of round 17 who I want to bring back in that's all written down for reference but it's already flipped on its head with, after last weekend, Manly, how they're going, all these young guys coming in who are available for 13 potentially, uh, Trent Peebles coming in. So I'm going to tell you right now, I'm totally winging from round 13 onwards now, and I might even add a few extra blokes like that Carrazes from the Bulldogs. Um, he's a really good player if he comes in. Uh, to answer your first question, though, I've got 23 trades left as we speak. Um, Is that before or after what, this week? That's, that's right now with the... Having used to trade. Uh, so 23 and I've got mm. two boosts, two boosts in hand. Uh, I think with boosts, I'm starting to get to the opinion that they may not be that critical unless we see a second COVID wave. Say oh I mean a second one, whatever number I'm up to these days, but in terms of NRL impact, if COVID goes through the NRL again, because it went through preseason and it's maybe around 20 or something like that. That's all hypothetical, but you never know what could happen, hey, with bikes dropping out. They could come in handy, but if that doesn't happen, you might find you don't need them that bad. So I guess what I'm saying is they might not be critical, but they're still critical to hold on to in terms of just accounting for what might happen. So my rule with a boost is I'm only using it if it's adding – serious value to my side, whether it be a really good buy option who's going to score a guaranteed 50 plus or has upside or it's just a critical <laughs> buy where you say, I need to do that this week. Um, someone like a Talakai of a month ago who's in ripping form. Uh, but really interesting to see how that plays out. But that's where I'm positioned and it's just ever evolving this season. But trades are crucial. That's all I'm going to say. I'm only, I'm not going to throw them out willy-nilly and, and do them without real a lot of thought in terms of points and, and value as well.
0: Spy, trade plans, and winging it are three things I never thought I'd hear in the same sentence. <laughs> but it's good to hear. It's good to hear that you're loosening up on the uh, the old trade plans. There's a lot of super coaches listening on. Very relieved to hear that, I reckon, just to know they're not too far behind if they're doing a similar sort of approach.
1: I will add just quickly that, uh, and I said it last week, I've got my list of guys I'm targeting and how I'm going to get to them from last week. So I can always refer straight back to that. But I think the adapting thing this year is just critical. He's got the run and mixed up as you go.
0: Spy, enjoy it. Trade boosts uh, and, you know, maybe not being as essential as as we think they may be. And you've said how, you know, there's some weeks where you need to use that third trade in field. I, I reckon it's a real... It's a real gut-based thing. Each week, you know if you need to make that third trade or not, or how vital it is. It, it sounds a bit blase and uh, a bit of a throwabout, knockabout comment, but every team's different. And mate, I just I reckon you know whether you're wasting that trade boost in the third trade, or if you need to make that to benefit your team immensely.
1: Yeah, and don't get sucked in by the fact it's super addictive. <laughs> They're so fun to use and it, it's just so satisfying to go bang, bang, bang and use three trades. But the third trade, if it can wait a week, just wait a week. It's not going to be that bad. But as you said, if you've got that feeling it's going to be huge or score you an extra 100 points or 100K, then sure, go for it. But don't just use it for no reason.
0: Now, whilst is also a very tactical man when it comes to his super coach, uh, however, mate, he whilst may have run out of trades already, you went that hard early in the season, mate, how many do you have left? How many boosts do you have left? Uh, and what are your tactics going forward?
2: Now I have 22 trades left. So 22 trades and one boost. So I'm pretty happy with that. I've saved trades um, over the last few weeks and um, been, been pretty circumspect with them because yeah, I just haven't found much that that's really enticed me into it. And um, I've had a really good team. Like I got on Cotter and, the only problem is I haven't played him because I've stuffed up my uh, start and sits, but um, that's another story. But, yeah, no, I, I think uh, in terms I've got to really knuckle down and have a look at what I'm planning to do over the next few weeks. But I think somewhere between four and six trades, uh, prob- probably around four or five trades before uh, round 13. So, like, getting my side right to there. I want to play around about 12-12. To 14 players, I think that's the number, um, and then obviously the second buy. I haven't really analysed that that closely. Just um, I'll probably be trying to get away with it with not bringing too many players in that I want to trade out, if that makes sense. So trying to find those players that can see me through to the end of the end of the year, and it's hard. Like you've got to look at the Kiwis and and that type of thing that aren't playing Origin. Um, but, yeah, similar to Spy, I'd really recommend go through and put together your, your premium side and then work your way towards um, towards getting that from round 18 onwards, um, but be flexible.
0: Yeah, the the Melbourne Storm have, looking at sort of second buy period, digressing slightly, but uh, the Storm have a really good draw sort of from sort of uh to finish the year they're a little bit tough, but immediately post origin they've got a pretty nice little draw there. Uh Jerome Hughes, round 17 looks a great one. Uh just you mentioned the Kiwis there, Wells made me think of that one. Uh the Stallions, low key flex, 27 trade uh, sorry, 26 trades left prior to this week, and I've got four boosts left. So I've Ooh. I've held firm uh, pretty well this year on those with a plan on going hard in during the buy period with my boost. So I'm actually looking at using pretty well all my boosts between round 13 and 18 uh, and using close to max trades between now and then, which would leave me with eight trades for the run home. That's from round 18 onwards. Um, Yeah, so if I go close to max between now and round 17... That's 18 trades, I believe. Yeah, so eight for the run home. Uh, more than likely, there'll be one or two weeks where I'll save a trade or two here or there. So it give me anywhere from sort of eight to 10 trades for the run home. Uh, give myself a pretty good crack at that buy period. So whether that pays off, uh, we'll, we'll see, mate. Uh, Walsh?
2: Oh, yeah, Timmy, just listen to that, mate. Well done, because you, you're in a great position, uh, position-wise overall, and, you know, you've been able to keep those as well. Um, what... What sort of numbers are, um, like I imagine that could open you up to have some really good numbers on the buy rounds. Mm. What sort of numbers are you sort of like targeting in round 13 and round 17?
0: So at the moment for round 13, we've got, uh, assuming Liam Martin gets picked in that origin side, although not locked in, but he's a bit of a favourite there. One, two, three, four. Five, six, seven, eight. I've got eight at the moment. Uh, that's including Vailia. Ve- um, so between now and then, what have you got? Two, four, eight trades. I could have max of 16, but I'll be aiming for, you know, maybe 13 or 14 for that round, getting in a couple of guns elsewhere. But we'll see. And then because I can go very hard between rounds, you know, 14 to 17, that's another four, six, eight, ten 10 trades. I don't see why I can't have, you know, barring inevitable injuries, Onwards of fifteen or sixteen for the second buy round. Uh, but again, these are things that can change very quickly. Um, Spy, what do you reckon?
1: Yeah, and you'll find once you're heading towards that round seventeen, uh, planning and numbers in those weeks leading in, you'll you'll have an idea of who you want to bring back in post state of origin. Uh, that might be six guys, that might be two guys <laughs> or three. So that's going to play a role as to how many trades you're going to want at the end of – or for the run home, for the run home from round 18 onwards. So if you've got to bring in four or so guys back who you th- you think are must-haves, you've got to keep four trades plus the other trades. Mm. So just don't forget about that, of, of course, for everyone out there. Yeah, yeah
0: all happening. Uh, anything to add there, boys, or are we moving on? No, nah, well done,
1: boys. Carry on to the next.
0: Hot topics. Uh, and the hottest of hot topics. For the second time this year, I've said this, and uh, leading into the season, I never thought I would – Thank Christ I'm not a Tom Trebojevic owner. Um, boys, 23 points on the weekend. A lot of people who jumped on. Uh, you know, it was a very polarizing one. Don't beat yourself up about it. You got him one of the best super coaches on the planet. Um, 831K now, break even of 167. Games coming up against Parramatta and Melbourne uh, before entering the origin period. In between the, the round 13 and round 17, he plays the Tigers, Cowboys and Storm. Very tough period. Whilst, if you own Tom Trebojevic, I don't believe you do, but what would you be doing with him? Would you be holding or would you be selling?
2: Oh, I'd be selling, to be honest. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes super coaches is just backing yourself to the hilt. Sometimes it's just admitting when you got it wrong and, and overturning that decision quickly. And I think those people have got it wrong. Like, I could be totally wrong. You could come out and blitz it and that, but... There was too many things against him. You know, like he looked proppy. Oh, he's looked proppy for a lot of the year to me. You know, he hasn't looked like he's really stretched out that much apart from one or two games. Um, he's been carrying something. Uh, mainly are fairly secretive about what it is. So that was one thing going against him. He was overpriced in my opinion. Like people were, are still basing it on last year. The game has changed, not just him. Like yeah. if he was what he was last year, he still wouldn't be scoring as high because the game has changed. Like you don't – there are some blowouts but there's, but they're not as consistent as they were last year. And, um, yeah, he's just generally not playing as well and he's marked up a lot better by opposition teams, which you're finding. Like I think it's similar to what's happened to South in a way. Like they're – Apart from the Warriors last week, like most sides have handled that left hand shift a lot better this year. So, you know, coaches do homework, they do they you know, they do their video and they they get their players out there working on it. And I think that's what happened with Tommy Turbo. So I'd be
0: long long answer, but I'd I'd be selling him. Yeah, no, it's great chat, mate, and it's You'd be, a, you'd be a little bit filthy if you, you did jump on. Like uh, There were red flags in the fact that he limped around the week before and just didn't look himself uh, and didn't look fully fit. You'd sort of think that you know, the fact they were picking him again, they were backing that he was coming good and the body was on the men, but he looked worse, I think, physically. Spy, what do you reckon, mate? Uh, what would you doing, be doing? I'll give you my thoughts in, in a moment, but I'm pretty on the fence, so very keen to get your thoughts.
1: Oh, honestly, boys, I'm so glad I don't own because I'd spend the whole week stressing about it. Yeah. On one hand, you've got the draw coming up, but I don't mind match this matchup this Friday. Uh, it all comes down to health, as well said. There's a bit of chat around uh, from one of the good men, Anner physio, that he noticed a cork early in the game last year. So if he got a proper cork in the knee, you can understand why he was hobbling for 60 minutes and they didn't take him off. Last week, Maybe, Yeah, that was against yeah. um, against Brisbane. So... If he's then back to running against Para, anything could happen. He could be back to his best. But, gee, there's, as Walsh mentioned, it's been a lot of the year he hasn't looked as explosive as he was. Um, even against the Tigers at Brookie on a sad day, in the dry, he looked sharp, but he didn't look super menacing. Um, and on the back of that draw, he might not play the Tigers round 14 if he's fit for origin. Um, maybe just cut your losses and get him back for the run home, all going well, whilst.
2: Yes, boy, it just reeks of like, it's like I've seen this, this, this movie before. You know what I mean? Like, it reeks of him really wanting to play Origin and pushing through, and Hasler backing his player to the hilt, you know, even yeah. though it's not, not in the club's best interests. Like, yep. oh, I think I've seen this video before. I've seen this one play over years before, you know what I mean? So, to me, it's like he's pushing and pushing because he wants to play Origin. Whether you pick him for Origin is another question, but that's New South Wales' problem. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I just I just don't really understand why they wouldn't say to him, just rest, come back when you're fully fit.
1: Yeah, no, nah, it's 100%. And we're going to know Friday night how he is because, if it was just a cork last week and he is healthy and he's rehabbed, then he should look pretty good in theory. Um, but if he's sort of not looking his best and you do hold, you'll go, oh, no, this isn't ideal. I guess you can sell the week after, but you bleed more cash. Uh, one thing that does go his way, Schuster's back on the bench He'll he'll head towards eighty minutes, but Schuster as an extra option on that left edge is massive because he's a gun and it's just not going to be as predictable at the moment. It's very predictable on that left edge. Schuster will help a lot, but yeah, it's it's hard to hold him, boys, isn't it? Uh, but yeah, on the other hand, like,
2: like, yeah, I, I've, I'm just totally sell because I just can't see any upside there. Like, yeah, I know you like the matchup, Spy, but I don't see it. Parramatta lost and they're going to be fired up, they're going to play yep. physical, they're going to be ripping into him, putting up high balls, kicking him into corners and ripping in, plus True. his best his best attacking side is down that left side, and I think that's their best defensive side with Penasini and uh, Simonson, so um, yeah, we'll see how it plays, yeah.
1: Yep, that all makes sense, mate.
0: Boys, CSE for Talakai, one of the more traded out players this week, 672k break, even 133. Uh, whilst what are you doing with CC for Talakai? I have some very strong thoughts on this one. Keen to get what your thoughts on it.
2: I think mine would be similar to yours, Timmy. Like, I, I haven't even considered it. Like, I mean, maybe it's easier for me because I brought him in when he was like relatively lower priced and I got the big score. Like, I think those people that brought him in after the big score feel really burnt by him, you know, and I understand yeah. that because, like, they haven't got the return for investment. But I brought him in before the big score, so I'm like, well, you know, he scored me that big score and, you know, got me up the rankings and now he's putting together, what, 30s and 40s. Like, that's okay. I mean, yeah, yeah, 50s. You know, Sharks have been off a little bit. Like, they'll, they'll come good. You know, he hasn't been getting a lot of clean ball. So he moves into center wing. No way in the world am I thinking of trading
0: Mate, I was in the same boat. I saw all these people selling and all these questions around him. It, like, it didn't even cross my mind. It's one of them ones where, like, all right, shit, you know, a few of us may have paid top dollar for him, and it's very frustrating to see him bang out a three-round average of 40. But, you know, before that, he went 108, 59, 114, 165. 165. He had 150 and a half. They're coming up against the Titans, then Roosters, buying round 13. Then they play the Warriors, Titans, Bulldogs, and then a depleted Storm in round 17. He's about to get dual second-row centre status. Um, Yeah, he might leak some cash, but he's a bloke who just, barring being dropped to the bench, which seems unlikely, you just hold him for the season, don't you, Spire?
1: 100%. I hadn't even looked at it. If you're desperate for cash or something, but... It hadn't even entered my head, as you said. I just want to have a quick dive into the last three weeks since that monster score against Manly. So he came up against a fired up, Tony Staggs in Brisbane the week after. He was within a whisker of scoring one or two that night. Yeah. Staggs had one of the tackles of the year on the line on him. If he scores that, he scores 70-odd again. I think he had more attacking stats that just went awry. Um, he smashed Melbourne two weeks earlier, then tore up Manly. The week after the Brisbane match was against the Warriors and they had the send-off in about the 20th minute and a sin bin. Very tough to score. Sharks did well. It was all through Nico Hines and playing tight. So that you throw that one straight out the window. And then last weekend, Will Kennedy was out. Hines went to fullback, trindle in the halves. That's two of the four spine, totally mixed up. Wade Graham came back in. They were all over the place. They're going to find their way. 100%. Whether it's this week or soon enough, it'll come. But he'll get his 40s and 50s. He's working hard. He's fit and healthy is the big one. Um, and I think big scores will just keep coming. May not be every week, but just like him in the centres there and ride him home for the rest of the season. Plus, he plays the bye if he doesn't make origin. So, happy days for mm. me. He'll have a few low scores in him, like any centre, but uh, he's still a centre and he's very, very valuable.
0: Yeah. cannot. not... Uh understate the value of dual position either honestly it can just be an absolute gem at times uh, and you'll know that when you need it whilst another real big one uh, is Ruben Cotter who I don't think we need to spruik his super coach credentials that much because they're there to see he's played big minutes the last three weeks albeit 63 against the Tigers a bit down on his 75 and 80 the two weeks before Cotter but that was because they had a decent sort of lead there Mate, you've been all over him for a long time. You got him in early this year. The question is, is his form so good that he gets picked for the Maroons? Uh, and on the logic that, you know, he's every chance to get picked for the Maroons, coming up into Melbourne and then Penrith, and then he'd miss 13 if he did get picked, would you be buying now or do we think we wait? Because also the whole the fact that he's dual hooker second row forward, as you know, a 100K upgrade for Chris Randall. Man, he looks a good buy.
2: Yeah, I think if you haven't got him, I'd probably be getting him, you know, and a bit like Madison, Madison could well play Origin, but um you're actually buying him for the long term. So if you see him as a player you can hold through into your side, um, you know, through all the buys. Mm. You know, if you get lucky he doesn't play Origin and you get him for round thirteen. Um if you aren't lucky then at least you'll make up for it when he comes back. But Peyton is just trusting him with so many minutes, like, you know, and sometimes to the detriment of Tamalolo. But, you know, I've been slightly critical of Peyton in the past, but I mean, he's really nailed it with with what he's doing there, you know, and uh, he's protecting his marquee player, which is Tamalolo. He's given the young fella who's up and coming his best chance of making origin, which will elevate his game as well. But, yeah, like in terms of origin, you can't get too much into, into talk about that. But, you know, Queensland have a plethora of players that could play in that middle position, you know. Like, um, you know, it used to be sort of a bit of a gap in that area. But mm. I think, like, it's not going to be as easy as you think for him to play origin, particularly the way Carrigan and Flegler and those sort of blokes are playing. And Tino Fasul malawi like, he's he's playing outstanding as well. So yeah. Yeah, and Mo Fodder-Waker, you know, so there's only so many players you can carry that play play front row spy.
1: Yeah, it's a good point. Look, I said had a really quick look, quick look at the draw while you are chatting there, Walsh. If he doesn't play Origin, you'd love to lock him in right now. The question is, if you assume for the fact right now that he does play Origin, do you still buy him? And that's the question you've got to ask yourself. He's got Melbourne and Penrith in the next two weeks. Oh. His work weight will still be fantastic, but... His minutes were back to 63 last week. Does he stay at 70, 80? Does it go back to 60? Because, I mean, it's he works that hard. You might not want to pay massive minutes all season. If he then plays Origin, they play Friday night straight after Origin 1, and it, it'd be very hard for him to back that up if he plays decent Origin minutes, well, which good he might call. not, of course. He also plays the Friday night at 6 after Origin 3. So that's a massive blow and maybe helps you go, Oh, I'll stay off until such time as maybe round 18. But in saying that, as you said, he could miss Origin or he could play 20 minutes in Origin and then back up no dramas at all. So I'm I'm on the fence at the moment and that'll be one of my jobs. Something always comes out of the podcast on a Tuesday where – I go, gee, I'm going to have to look into this and make it cool. Uh, and I think Cotter is it because we might get to him soon, but but Robson's the other one who I quite like.
2: Yeah. yeah I don't think he'll overly burn you. Sorry, Timmy. I don't think he'll overly burn you. So I think that's one thing where you sort of go, people see him and they really like what he's doing and they think, I've got to get him. But I'm not sure he's going to go out. Uh, well, like he mo- That might be his ceiling, what he did on, on on the weekend, you know? Like, I think that might be close to yeah. his ceiling. But – but yep. um. Yeah, like and the other thing I'd say just to counteract what you said about Melbourne and Penrith, and Penrith 100%. You know, like I worry a player that light playing a game like that that he's just going to make. Hardly any runs, and he's going to get belted and things like that. But Melbourne aren't the same without Nelson or Sofa Solomona. Yeah. Um, you know, they're depleted. They're not going to be
1: as physical. So they're not um, proper Melbourne at the moment.
2: Yeah. It, it's not proper Melbourne at the yep. moment. So you've got to take that into consideration. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. No, all good points. And I think you've uh, committed to me, Spy. I was on the fence, but with the two tough games coming up, <clears throat> as I said, it's not like these break evens neg 30 or something. I think we can wait till round thirteen if he doesn't get picked for origin, just lock him in there because I mean, I think he's a season long keeper, even if you bought him now. But with that, yeah, with that coverage, I um I'm happy to wait until round thirteen and maybe just move Randall straight to him from there, uh, provided that's the go. Uh we'll wait and see how that turns out. Uh, where are we up to? Moving on. Um, Joey Manu, third most traded in player. Um Not hard to spruik his supercoach credentials either because we know how good he's been this season. There's been a couple of lows, but a lot of highs. Bounced back in recent weeks with a 60 and a 91. But Penrith coming up, then Sharks. We've spoken about this over and over again. Raiders in round 13 where he should play fullback. Then Melbourne, Eels, Panthers then bye. Desi's all over him this week. What do you reckon, Spy? Because I just, with that draw, I, I, I can't do it. I don't think I
1: can either with the draw because you look at someone like, I'll throw someone out there like a Mulatalo who we'll get to later on my trades. I think with the Sharks draw, just for example, the upside for Mulatalo is huge. Manu round 13, yes, fullback versus Raiders. I love it and that's tempting me in. How how much quality ball does he get against those tougher opponents? I'm not sure because Chooks have had a pretty soft start to the year and now it really gets hard now. Whereas at the same time, they're starting to play some better footy, but is it good enough to warrant selection? I'm just not so sure. I'm certainly not going to buy them this week. Um, it's a real tricky one. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. I'd love your thoughts, boys.
0: Well, last season we saw Penrith come out. Was it last season? This is off the top of my head. It could be completely wrong. Didn't they come out and there was hype in this big game and Penrith just belted the Roosters? Mate, it could easily happen again. The Roosters are... I mean, they've got more players on deck at the moment, but they haven't shown much. Uh, whilst, Joey Marnie, you, are you willing to entertain it or not?
2: Oh, I'm entertaining it. I just had a bit of a look while he was having a chat then. And um, I respect his opinion, obviously. But, um, and he's a player that makes sense moving forward to the round 13. By. He's a player that I've pinpointed, but I just thought I'd bring him in yeah, you know, round thirteen, a bit like yeah. you know TP, TPJ, but that might be out the window now with the debacle going on over Bulldogs. But um, like Manu, yeah, I, I, I'd be really keen to bring him in playing fullback um, when Tedesco's out in that round thirteen. Um, From here to there, I can see the validity in it, but you're paying up for him. You know, you're paying what you're paying. I don't know if you'll get too much value out of him as such, but if you think he's a season long keeper, yeah. Like the matchups don't worry me as much because I think, like Desi pointed out in our chat, he's running up against Tago and and Luai, which I actually don't mind. I think that's probably the soft side. Of Penrith, if you can say that, even though they've got a very def- good defensive side, mm. and I actually don't mind him fronting up against um, Talakai, which he would as well, you know. So,
1: yeah, yeah, he can beat anyone, can't he? Walsman, like he's he's just that good. I guess yeah. it depends how the middles go. If they get dominated, maybe he doesn't get much quality ball, but the boy can play the game, of course.
2: And and they seem to give him that early ball that he wants by. Like, it's like they don't, they don't necessarily try to get him into a good position or anything. They'll just throw the ball to him and yeah. say, do your best. Love it. And, one, and the thing that he has got going for him as well is he's got a – he has got a top-class winger outside him. Like, I'm talking – this lad is – the top echelon of wingers and he's only young but he's already there that's suali like he can finish so if he gets a flick ball to him and all that sort of stuff like flick out the back which is sort of mano's go um yeah i i think he's got a bloke that'll finish as good as anyone in the competition
0: yeah, you, the spy nailed it for me in one word, and it was the middles. Um, it, he's one-on-one ability, like, undoubtable, and he can score well against him. Uh, but if the middles get dominated, you know, Radley's out now as well. You know, if the scoreline's a lopsided, which they might not be. The Roosters might find form. That we've been waiting on all year, but, you know, they've got to show more than they have. So are the opportunities going to be there? We'll see. You mentioned Joseph Suali, whilst Neg 31 break even. I'm going to tie him and Sel and Colo into the same uh, argument. Kobo neg twelve break even both well in excess of four hundred k now. Swaley plays round thirteen. Cobo won't. Uh, Cobo will play round seventeen pending a potential Origin call up. Spy, I think the ship has sailed on both of them. Would could you make a case for either or are they better options?
1: Cobo, I haven't really looked at to be honest. Although he's getting some pretty good service and any. Any winger that plays outside stags, even if he's not giving ball, he attracts defenders uh, and they play at Suncorp. So that's the upside there. Um, but I haven't had a massive look at him personally. Um, the other one was, so I've just gone blank. Who was the other one? Suwali. Suwali. I need a, a frank discussion here, boys, because I didn't get him. And I'm hoping the ship sailed. The reason, I think he's still going to be a great buy, of course, with that run coming up um and I'll quickly throw the the centers that I want to have in my side moving forward and that's Taylan May Talakai Mulitalo Garrick Ta'o and then you might round out with like a Tago and a maybe a cheapie like a Karaz if he comes in you still need to find room for him and I just don't know if I've necessarily got the room for Swali as good as he is and I'll oh, we'll talk about it we might we'll make a whole podcast Whilst on how good Suwali might be another time, but the fact he's eighteen scares me. But super coach wise this year, a very reluctant um, pass for me probably at this stage. But I'm not a. If you want to get on, that's no issues either.
0: Whilst for me, mate, I'll get my thoughts. But just on where are we are, while I'm sorting myself out and trying to find out what I've gone on. Here we go. Um, what are your thoughts on Suwali and Cobo? Would you entertain them or are you happy to brush? Mm-hmm.
2: Cobbo, no. Um, yeah, he scored two tries off kicks and that was just game plan related. They just, you know, um, I don't actually think it was Kevi Walters. I think it's Adam Reynolds who does a lot of the video work and coaching and he's just um, identified that the, you know, that Garrick was playing up in the line. They were compressing their line and just bang, too good. You know what I mean? So that was two, I think there was one or two kicks like that. Mm. And then the other one was um, an intercept try. So... He he is a good player, don't get me wrong. He's athletic and stuff like that. But I don't think, like, comparing him and Sawali, I don't think that's a comparison. Admittedly, the Broncos draw might be softer. Um, Yeah, the draw, maybe it is too late for people to get on. It's just all I can really say about it is I'm glad that I've got him and I'm looking to keep him towards it, you know, probably, well, definitely to the first buy because he'd be a good player in that game. And um, yeah, I, I think I'll probably keep him for the year, to be honest with you.
0: Yeah, I I wouldn't be jumping on Suwali with the draw. To be honest, and I like I won't be playing in my 17 this week against Penrith either. Uh, Cobo, five tries in his past two games, I think it is, and has a high score of only 85 prior to his last two big weeks. So this season, seven of his 10 scores have been under 50, four of which were under 27. So, you know, at four seventy odd k, whatever he is, I, I just I think there's better options. Uh, another bloke you mentioned there, whilst is Adam Reynolds too? We won't go into how bloody good he's been on field in actual NRL because we, like I said, we're running out of time. But he's six eighty two k five round average of eighty four points per game, break even of twenty two. You know, there's a world where you know the fullbacks are struggling, so you could move anyone with Nico Hines at at half could move him down to fullback, and Reynolds is an option, um, like it's a big price tag whilst would you consider him at all or not Pedigree's well, not there pedigree's not there which is a big thing however he is you know he's playing a quite a different role uh, at Brisbane he was at uh, south sydney as the chief playmaker
2: yeah that's right you know and i wrote about him in my article his floor is sort of 50 to 55 which is pretty good you know yes. for a half um i just don't know whether he's got the upside, like they're coming into a decent part of the draw. They play Newcastle, albeit, um, you know, with a lot of players back Newcastle, I give them a massive chance against Bronx on a Thursday night. Um, then they play the Gold Coast. Then they, after the bye, they play Canberra. And Canberra was somewhat rejuvenated as well as are the Titans. So, um, yes, they've, they've had a good stretch of footy, but we tend to overreact a little bit in the NRL. Um, I think he's going to just be that 50 60 65 maybe throw in a hundred here and there if he scores a try but he's playing great footy I can't knock him but I wouldn't be getting him in for super coach
1: spot Mate, I, I couldn't pay 680 for him. Um, I just no don't way. think he can he can keep playing quite as well as he is because it has been that special. He scored three tries in four matches. They've scored a ton of points. Um, I actually think his floor might be more like 20 or 30 on a tough night against Melbourne or Penrith or one of those guys. Uh, but I think he's a solid buy across the buy period if you want him. But at that price, I just <laughs> think there's better options to to elevate your side.
0: Spy, would love you to talk me out of the next bloke because I'm pretty keen on him uh, and I I don't feel good about it. Big Billy (laughs) Kicks, 600K. So the price tag is there. Mate, I've always been um, very critical of him while sitting there shaking his head. And the Ryan Madison starting news has probably changed my opinion. But prior to that, uh, kick out... Like, his flaws, not there at all, but he's also probably the best attacking player, back row in Supergoats. His base is 32 for a bloke averaging 73 minutes a game, which for a back rower, it's barely believable. At the same time, he has one, two, three, four, five 80-plus scores this season, plays round 13, and he's just in serious form, Spy. Yeah, you're going to hate me, but I don't mind him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just that sort of X-factor play
1: you can put in your side. There's no reason his attack's going to dry up. His minutes are huge this year. If you remember in previous seasons, they dropped him back right back to like 50 minutes at times. He's been playing like 75, 80 a lot of the weeks. Uh, That left edge is humming and they're just using him a lot more. They've changed up their variations and styles of play a little bit just to use him as more more of an important player around how they do things. So, Mate, it's 600K playing the 13-by oh. in the best side of the comp. Yeah, I don't mind him. Maybe he'll land in my side as well.
0: Whilst give us your best, mate.
2: Oh, no, I'm not going to pan it, Timmy. Yeah, like I'm just – it's just not for me, you know, just because historically he's been a player that you get in and then he lets you down. But I actually think he's been quite good this year, you know, like, and I have I have had the, the odd look at him uh, a couple of times. Um, but – He's a player that could play, that could you know, like a forward that could score three, two or three tries, and only, and still score under a hundred if that makes sense. Yeah. So, um, a, a little bit like well, Jeremiah Nano is a little bit of a you know younger version of him in some regards in terms of his Super Coach scoring. A totally different player, but you know, he's got that ability to play a sensational NRL game, but it doesn't necessarily translate. To super coach points so I'm going to sit out I think he's priced up to um yeah like he he's priced up about where he's going to average so I'm not interested in him as a value proposition for, yeah and, and, he,
0: and he's not a value proposition as such like he he's priced you know towards his peak I just when we say you know these you know forwards that are relying on attacking stats well, I won't get into him now but both is another one who I think I looked up and He's averaging quite well, about 59 off the top of my head. But I think he scored in four games, and the tr- games he didn't score, he's gone sub 50. Kick out on the best attacking edge in the competition, in the best team in the competition, as good as he is. I can just see these attacking stats just continuing. So uh, he'd be a fun bloke to own. But I know mm-hmm. he's just, he's never quite been elite tier second row in supercoach. That being said, You know, the back row is pretty weak this year. Like, there's, I don't know how how good that really is. So that sort of plays into it a little bit. Yeah, Uh, that's, that's,
2: that's a huge point you make there, Timmy. Like, you know, you're scratching and clawing. And that's why I'm so high on Ryan Madison. Um, because the two RFs this year, there's no real standout. So, like, um, well, probably Murray, to be honest, like, before he got injured, was one, like, that I said, I'm going to have to have him in my side. Um, but behind him, I, the, probably the second, uh, Second, uh, the, the second second rower that I identified to have for the run home was for feeder.
0: Mm, yeah, well. so
2: that 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 just shows you, uh, you know, probably how weak the position is this year. Uh,
0: boys, yeah. the last one for hot topics this week is Xavier Coates. What do we reckon? I I I assume we're all owners. I know right. myself and the Spire owners, but is it time to go for Xavier Coates because he's about to start plummeting in cash? Origin is looming. Negative, uh, sorry, he's got 144 break even, 568k. Cowboys are manly to come, then a buy origin period. uh, What are you doing with him, Spy? Because I think I'm going to move him on this week.
1: Yeah, might not have scored well last week, but I got some decisions right, and that was selling Xavier before he scored eight or whatever it was. Um, I think I'd get rid of him just on the fact that Melbourne have towered up a few teams of late. He's benefited of that, made a heap of cash with origin coming up, Pappy out maybe he doesn't go mad in the in the short period he, he could easily prove be wrong and score three or four tries any given week but I'd prefer Melbourne to be flying and Pappy at fullback to really get the best out of coats and maybe that's the back end of the year post origin so I'd be happy to sell and bring in a real quality guy for the buy period who may also be a keeper
0: Hmm. Yeah, no, I'm very happy to move him. Or very happy, but I'm happy enough to move him on this week as, as one of them Origin players who you sort of can't keep them all. And, uh, like yourself, unfortunately, didn't play him on the weekend for his eight, uh, but in the rain against Penrith, I don't think that was a massive shock to anyone. Guys, the SC Playbook podcast is brought to you by Pat and George from Mortgage Choice SCW. The boys are experts in all types of home, commercial and car loans. So whether you're a local or living interstate and looking to purchase your first ever home or chase the lowest rate for your refinance, Give them a call on 02-9521-1611 today and mention SC Playbook for your free tailored expert advice session. Uh, You don't have to be in the Sydney area, guys. If you're anywhere in Australia and you're in that position looking to buy your first home, no idea what's going on, um, give them a call and they'll sort you out all for free. Uh, Round 11 trades and skippers. Spite, hit us.
1: I wish Will Kennedy was back because I would comfortably bring in Ronaldo Mulatalo. I think I will anyway. Uh, with Heinz back at half. Probably going to move on Penasini, who I really like, and he's a serious, serious footballer, but lacks a bit of upside. And um, I just I love Mulatalo. The other question I have is whether I get rid, get rid of Stags now before he gets rid of cash, because I may end up selling Penasini and Stags to get Blake like, so like Talakai uh, and these sort of fellas into the centres. So at this stage, yeah, bringing in Mulatalo. Haven't made a call on the other trade yet. May hold it. But I've, I can tell you I've got an eye on blokes like Garrick in the coming weeks. Rhys Robson, uh, Schuster I romp badly, but I need to see him fit and starting before, before then. Um, Mitch Moses for Blake Taff or Pappy could be on the cards as well. I think Mitch Moses is a good buy this week. Uh, you can plug him in for the buyers. He'll play the second buy and keep him as your backup to Cleary just in case he gets rested throughout Origin. Uh, skipper, I'll stick with Nico Hines again against the Titans. Maybe Cleary Saturday night if I've had a few beers and I'm feeling it, but uh, <laughs> I think Nico against the Titans hard to pass up Sunday. Other
0: Spy John on Malutalo, We spoke uh, off air about uh, you, or you mentioned to me that you're keen on him and I went and had a bit of a look, got a little bit excited, good ceiling on him. Uh, then I had a further look, six fifty eight k break even one twenty nine. I know that money's not a massive issue for issue for you and you have to forego you know a bloke with a ceiling like that. A really good matchup against the Titans this week. But as you said, no Will Kennedy. Roosters next week, then the bye. Uh, Then comes into the run against the Warriors, Titans, Dogs, Storm in round 17. You you wouldn't prefer wait to round 14 or you want to go and get in for these two weeks before you'll miss round 13.
1: I may end up waiting until 14, but the guys I'm selling him for also don't play that first buy. Yep. So it's sort of here and all there. And if he scores 160 when one of the wakes gets 30, I'll just kick the wall in. So yep. I'll trust the gut and get him. But, yeah, there's certainly viability in waiting. Um, but you, if you you don't buy him, you just don't, don't want him to go mad this weekend, of course.
0: Yeah, you've got a knack for nailing going early on these uh, high-ceiling CT dubs, hence why my interest was Uh Walsh, <laughs> trade skippers. Uh,
2: yeah, Timmy, I'm... I'm really considering sort of erring from what um, my plan was, and that is trading either Pappy or trading Josh Curran, who I've been holding as like a real pod play to bring back, hoping he'd be back for 13. There's no intel telling me that he's going to be back. There's no Mm -hmm. intel on when um, Pappy's going to be back. But uh, the players that I want to get in um, are Reese Walsh and I also want to get in Ryan Madison. Yeah. Nice, mate. Skippers. Uh, In terms of skipper, I think I'm going to play it pretty vanilla with this one. I think I'll probably VC Cleary and Captain Hines, but again, um, yeah, I think I think that's what I'm going to do. To be honest.
0: Nice, mate. Uh, And just on that, we won't go into a, a detail about it because the spy spoke about it a fair bit last week, but. Holding Ryan Pappenhausen is a viable option. There was a lot of questions about it, but I think these two boys here are both in that boat uh, and looking to potentially hold. So, you know, you don't have to move him on. And if he comes back from round 14 after that origin first bye week, you know, it could be a masterstroke straight due to the lack of uh, replacement options. So if you are thinking that way, uh, you're not alone. You're an esteemed company with these two fellas. Uh, the Coomer Stallions, I'll be honest, not uh, I've, I think I've got one locked in, and that'll be more than likely Coates to kick out on Madison via Tago. I'm really keen. I've been trying for a long time to get Taigo to center wing, uh, particularly with Talakai about to get his dual CTW second row. That'd be a nice little flip there. Um, so probably one, uh, I'd like, I think that trade will happen. And then my second trade, I'm not too sure, uh, but maybe Kelmer to a lung, he moves on to someone. um Maybe even a, a tool I'm going to Nat Butcher next week if Butcher goes all right. Not sure about my second trade yet this week. I'll drop in the WhatsApp group later on in the round. In the week, should I say? Skippers. I don't know. It's a toss-up between Nathan Cleary against the Roosters for me and going straight on Nico Hines. A little bit worried about the Sharkies after last weekend's demolition against the mighty green machine, but uh, decisions to be made. Boys, a few quick questions and then we will wrap it up. And a really good one from Trent Dixon, Spy, asks, how important and disruptive do you see round 40 being? He says, I can live playing short in 13, but I've been caught out before in the rounds following the buys with mass restings of origin players. Already have six definite rep players with a few on the fringe. Uh, one we probably didn't speak about enough in last week's uh, big buy coverage chat. So, guys, if you, you didn't listen to last week's podcast, we go quite deep into our buy planning. It's a good listen. Uh, but in round 14, it, it's it's worth mentioning, Spy.
1: Oh, it's a fantastic point and something I haven't probably had a good look at myself. Just I just assumed my depth was really good this year, but... I had a little look this afternoon. What people should probably be doing is just go through your side for round 14, which is every team playing, and have a quick look at the guys that you think might sit out. Let's just say Harry Grant, Cam Munster, Nathan Cleary. Say they all get rested after a tough origin one. Just have a look at how your sides line up because, yeah, you want to make sure you get de- you've get you got depth in those positions in particular and make sure you've got depth all around because you don't want to get stuck with 15 and be too short in round 14. So just have a little look at that, and if you need to make some adjustments, uh, you can, you've can. you got rounds to do it then. But it's a massively good call. Yeah.
0: Harry Grant playing anywhere from 60 to 80 in origin, backing up with Brandon Smith as a backup hooker option, every chance he sits out. so
1: Expect him to, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, whilst Brett George, with 25 active players, is it too early to bring in enough?
2: Uh, I don't think so. Um, I think like a lot of the fear-mongering around bringing in enoughs was – you know, what was going to happen with COVID. But if you've got a clear plan and, you know, you need that, you haven't had the cash generation that a lot of people have had, then, yeah, do it. I mean, like, there's still there's still chances to generate cash as well. Like, I, I'm in a position where I don't think I overly need cash, but if mm. someone like a people goes out and bangs out, you know Trent Peoples goes and bangs out of fifty this round, and he looks like he's locked down that um, left second row position for the Rabbits. Then I'm probably going to grab him because he, you know, like you, you can make more money and you can get a better side. So um, I think it just depends on your your personal circumstances, but I'm not against it.
0: I think I was responsible for the fear-mongering around yeah. uh, bringing in enough early. I, I think I convinced people that it was a, a jailable offence to bring in enough this early <laughs> in the season in the past. So Yeah, yeah you had plenty of chat about it, yeah. Timmy, and, I remember it. And as it stands, I currently have 25 players playing this week, so at least I wasn't hypocritical on that. Uh, I I still probably wouldn't enough, but, you know, as well said, financially everyone's sitting relatively good at the moment, I think, and if you've got 25 active, then, yeah, no, it's, it's not the end of the world to do that one. Uh, Mikey Roo, spy. Surely, Big Clem is on the radar. Minutes look steady, and the big man is just ripping in, getting his <laughs> getting his worm done. I think worm done's work done, but worm done sounds good too. Pod play over the next four weeks. Uh, oh, you guys have no ones there, but yeah, Big Clem getting his worm on. You love to
1: see it. I've <laughs> always quite liked Clem, especially the year he played big minutes a few years ago. You're on the opposite fence, I know, that you prefer that upside. But look, yeah, boring. He's um, he, he just locks in at the moment. What's he got? He's coming off to 70s, 70s, 70s. If I can lock in 70 at the front row and potentially have a buy play, I'm happy with that, uh, especially in the front row of all places. That doesn't worry me. I'd be happy to grab him um, if you need it for your side. Um, yeah, not against Searle.
0: Just give it a week, I think, because Mitch Barnett is playing lock, so he's back. Frizzell's back. Lachlan Fitzgibbons back. Barnett will punch out big minutes in the middle. Kurt Mann still to come back in, who'd been playing lock all season. So I'd just wait and see how this impacts Clem's minutes. He's one bloke. He's definitely not going to hurt you by waiting on him. So and he doesn't play yeah, thirteen. So I'd just wait a couple of weeks on that one. Yeah, for sure. Um, guys, Samuel Shemri. G'day, fellas. Moving on, Randall. This week, should we be waiting on the origin decision on Cotta, or grab? Scrap that question because we've already answered it. Um, Rob, thoughts on McInnes as a trade in? Yes, close to the buy round, and he misses out. Misses, but would like some thoughts around him. Uh, whilst you brought him in last week, I think you said.
2: Yep, had last week. Yeah, um, oh, I was pretty happy. with him, fifty-seven, um, brought him in for fifty-five plus scores. Um, with some possible upside. Like, they played absolutely atrocious, the Sharks. I haven't seen him play worse. Um, so I was reasonably happy with it. Got a bit lucky. Um, never great to see someone get injured, but Finucane, you know, obviously head injury, he's out. But I also heard Fitzgibbon saying in the press conference that he's out for up to, oh, I think, three or four weeks with a knee injury as well. So, right. um Which means he'll start. It is not a real big threat to his minutes. The other thing, the other upside of him if anyone, and this is sort of making me question my tipping this week whether I do go the Sharks, is have you looked at the Sharks bench? It is a really poor bench to look at. Like, you know, you've got, I think, Tolman and Fafita on the bench. Not a lot of impact there. Mm. They're really missing Brayden Hamline, Ueli like, for that punch. Like, Toby Rudolph and Royce Hunt are really good. But what that means, coming back to the question, is McInnes could play a lot of minutes in the middle yeah. because he's mobile and he's going to tackle. Like the feeders only got 15, 20 minutes in him. You know, he's on his way out. You know, so um, and Tolman looked really slow and old uh, in that game on the weekend, which um, he normally doesn't. He normally sort of holds his own. So interesting times. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised to see that bench change and like a Jesse Colhoun or someone like that, a young gun come onto the bench. What happened to that lad who had all the tats and that at the start of the year? He must be injured. Uh, big Franco Pelli or something. Oh, name yeah, right? hard
0: to know yeah. what happened to him.
2: Yeah, he's the type of player they need because they really lack that punch in the middle. Um, and then, you know, Hines just got way too lateral getting the ball, t- mm. t- you know, yep. too off the ruck. Um, just way, way too lateral and wasn't bringing blokes under or anything. So... Uh, I'm sure they'll fix that up this week.
0: Yeah, well, Jackie Williams, the mighty Kuma stallion himself, he's another one who's got a bit of mobility in the pack and he did his shoulder mm-hmm. on the weekend. So, uh, as you said, yeah. all, all signs point to Ken McInnes though, don't they? So, yeah, fair play and, and another Chris Randall replacement option. Uh, lucky last, Tony Fortune Fitness. And I thought it was a great question because it was about the only one I saw on him. Uh, but thoughts on Toto as a pod? We'll miss games due to origin, but for the run home, uh spy he's is the elite of all elite c t dubs isn't he? wait he certainly is um yeah, not against it. I haven't had a good look at him just
1: with origin coming up. I prefer to see him get through it um uh, just in case injuries strike whatever it may be, but anytime he can grab
0: ty, certainly not against True. it huge pod player at yeah. his ownership at the moment uh fellas, thank you for that one a big one today, but worthwhile I think uh Walser's been a bit scarce of late, so we need to milk every minute out of the great man that we can. So, Walser, thank you very much, mate.
2: I appreciate it, boys. Have a good weekend and, um, yeah, I'll uh, catch up with you on the chat. I'm really enjoying... Uh, by the way, for those contributors, that contributors only chat, you know, just getting on there, getting a bit of late mail, um, you know, just listening to the chat. But the, the banner there, there was a bit, of, <laughs> there was um, a few bugs getting into each other early, but now it seems to be like really good banner about footy and and stuff like that, and I, and um, I enjoy it.
0: Good plug, mate. Yeah, look, it's basically just the spy and Desi going at each other, and calling, <laughs> ca- calling each other uh, pelicans. So as getting into uh. that one, uh, spy. Thank you very much, mate.
1: Cheers, boys. Really good. Um, Whilst if you need to talk more footy later, you've got my number, mate. Give me a call.
0: (laughs) Right, I know you're excited. Cheers, guys. Thanks for tuning in.